It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Lockdown Bengals podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We're over 8,000 YouTube subscribers, so thank How you many? if you're one of those people. 8,000, James. Ooh. Join the crowd, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcasts, and we'll be delivered to your eyes and ears first thing every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. 8K. That's Team Jeff Blake. Little Shake and Blake. Man, that's where we're at today, huh? Little throwback action. Big couple weeks here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast on YouTube. Today, we're going to dive into a little bit of news, some interesting maneuvering by the Cincinnati Bengals on Tuesday morning. It's not Wednesday yet. Might be Wednesday when you're listening to this. They've also lost or seen one of the free agents they courted go elsewhere. And we'll talk about what's coming next before we dive into some free agency grades. So let's start with Fred Johnson, James. A move that I called the most shocking of the Bengals free agency period on day one. The Bengals had initially given Fred Johnson a right of first refusal restricted free agent tender that was around Mm. 2.4 million dollars that gave the Bengals the ability to match any deal that Fred Johnson was offered on the open market if he were to be offered a deal by another team you might remember Andrew Hawkins baby hawk got poached by a poison pill deal that the Browns put together all those years ago stupid Bengals could have matched it but the way the Browns did the structure they did not now we had heard that there was another AFC North team interested in Fred Johnson. So here's my theory, James, is one, they signed Lyle Collins. They got a lot more comfortable with their tackle situation. Two, they wanted to prevent that other AFC North team that was rumored from getting their hands on Fred Johnson right away. Three, by actually getting him to sign the the restrictive free agent tender and then releasing him, he's now subject to waivers, which means any other AFC North team that may be interested in him would have to win a waiver claim will be locked in at $2.4 million per year, and there's a chance that another team ahead of them in the pecking order could get a claim in. Now, if none of those things happen, he just becomes an unrestricted free agent, which is probably the most likely outcome here, but we won't know that uh, for another day or so. Yeah, I, I uh, it was weird because he officially signed it in less than an hour later because I wrote the story at All Bengals. Fred Johnson, they signed the tender in... Then he was gone. And uh, it makes sense, honestly, because I didn't really see where he fit. The Bengals are really high on Deontay Smith. Obviously, Isaiah Prince got a ton of playing time. And they're probably going to draft you know, another young lineman. And so if Fred Johnson, who was only active for, what, five games last year and was a healthy scratch a ton, 
there's just it doesn't make sense now that you've added Lyle Collins. So uh, I I get the move, I understand the move, and I also like the little maneuvering that you mentioned because maybe you do prevent the Steelers, Browns, or uh, the Baltimore Ravens from going after him. One of these divisional rivals that uh, could certainly go after him. So uh, I like the move, and I like at the beginning of free agency you didn't know if you were going to be able to get a tackle. So keeping him around just in case. It's smart. It was smart maneuvering, and, and overall, it uh, it allows it gives the Bengals a little more flexibility now that they're going to let him go. Yeah, and we'll talk about the cap and cash situation in just a second. I, I'm speculating about all that maneuvering, about the the gamesmanship that might go into it, but it's possible. I mm-hmm. wouldn't quite rule it out. The other item of note today: Jaron Reed, who previously had visited the Cincinnati Bengals around the same time as Lyle Collins got into town late last week has officially signed a deal, I believe, with the Green Bay Packers. So he will not be joining the Cincinnati Bengals defensive interior rotation to provide some of that one-gapping Larry Ogunjobi replacement that the Bengals are looking for that I think James and I are both still expecting somebody to land in that rotational position for this team because it is something that I think is still missing. Could be Larry Ogunjobi later. We'll see. And the reason that I think it's still coming, James, is because I still expect them to spend a little bit of money mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, l- running the cap numbers as I have after the Fred Johnson release and including some other moves, including contract estimates for Lyle Collins and Eli Apple, whose details we don't know on either of those contracts. I have the Bengals between 12.8 and 15.2 million dollars in cap space some somewhere mm-hmm. in that ballpark at least and and so it's a little bit higher a little bit lower potentially depending on lyle collins deal and and then you take about two million off for rookies you take about six million off for the rollover and that still leaves between i would say four to nine million it's a pretty wide range but four to nine million in cap space that i think the bengals mm-hmm. will use on free agents so you can imagine what that leaves space for, right? It leaves space for, you know, a couple $1 million contracts, maybe one $4 million contract, something like that. Some some smaller deals up to, you know, one $6, 7000000 million deal and other back of roster veteran minimum type deals. Or it leaves room for a three-year, $33 million backloaded deal for former All-Pro Stephon Gilmore coming to Cincinnati to lock down opposing wide receivers. And I know you got excited when I said that, Bengals fans, but I do not think that's going to happen. Um, I just, Sorry, I teased you. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, there's I, a I know couple of reasons, out there. though. Uh, for sure. And I know Mike Hilton's out there tweeting. I just, I don't think that is in the cards for the Bengals. Um, I, I do think they're in the cornerback market and I do think they're in the three tech market, like Jake said. So uh, a couple more additions probably on the way. I, I don't think Stefan Gilmore is walking through that door. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah. It's just, you know, for, for the few reasons to discuss here, one is he's probably going to make more than 11 million a year, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe, maybe it is 11 million a year too. The, the age thing, the Bengals have shown time and time again, they don't want to invest multi-year into guys on their third contract. And, and finally, I think they don't they don't backload deals. The, the way the Bengals have structured deals this mm-hmm. year, Lyle Collins notwithstanding, we don't know yet, has been just as they've always done it. The year one cap hit has been around 80% of the APY, the average per year. 
They're still doing the year one roster bonus that I've complained about in the past, not prorating that extra $2 million to save a little bit of space this year. And the other thing that's interesting is that the, the money they have left to spend, not cap space, but in terms of actual dollars to spend this year, suggests, and I mentioned this yesterday, James, that there are some internal moves coming, potentially some extensions coming. I didn't really think about this before today. Jonah Williams could also be a potential extension candidate. I think he's eligible to be extended starting this year. So Jonah, uh, the, the guys I mentioned yesterday as well, the the Jermaine Pratt's, the um, Von Bell's on defense, and, and then maybe getting a deal done with Jesse Bates. Those plus the smaller deals are what I'm expecting will finish the Bengals free agency. You know what I would do with Jonah? I would offer it to him right now. He dealt with injuries and stuff. I'd offer him like three years, eight million per. Be like, let's get this done. He and should not to, take that. Try to steal him. He, he absolutely should him. not take that deal. <laughs> if I'm Jonah's agent, I'm telling him you're going to play the fifth year option and we'll see what happens later. Well, if, if assuming they pick it up, I mean, that's the other part. You would imagine they would, but they assuming should. they do. Is, not is there say, a deadline for that happening soon, by the way? Uh, there is. It's not. Uh, I would have to look it up. It's not right now. Um, yeah, we'll have to find that out. But, you know, there, there's an injury part of that, too. You know, if he's if he does get injured. So but yeah, I do think they will. I think he'll be here. Um, and ultimately, it's going to be hard to extend him now. But if you're the Bengals, the benefit of extending him now, if you think he's on, you know, he's ascending then you, you get it done now and you might save some money on the back end as the cap goes up and you look up and you have a steal 10 million per what the hell is Jonah Williams worth right now? He's not an elite tackle. What's he worth? I think he's well on his way to being really good. Joe Goodberry, friend of the show, former co-host uh, put out some numbers on tackles today coming into the league at 21 playing pretty well so far when he's been on the field, it looks like an upward trajectory coming for Jonah Williams and the deadline for those fifth year options. I've just found it May 2nd. So they've got until time. after the draft to figure yep. out those fifth-year options. But I would expect the Bengals to pick it up for Jonah Williams. That fifth-year option for Jonah would be $12.6 million, just to give you an idea of what that one year of tackle money looks like for the 11th overall pick in 2019. James, shall we dive into some free agency grades? Yep. Maybe we'll Let's do that in just a minute. But first, I got to talk about Built Bar. The only thing better than talking about free agency grades is eating a Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. And if Jonah Williams is looking to get paid, if Hayden Hurst is looking to get paid in a contract year, well, guess what? You got to get on the Built Bar plan because it's the number one protein bar on the planet. Like I said, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, covered in 100% chocolate. They taste like a candy bar. So don't delay. Stop what you're doing right now unless you're driving. Then pull over. Type in built.com on your phone, your tablet, your PC, and use promo code LOCK15 at checkout. You're going to get 15% off. You're going to get the best protein bar ever sent to your house. It doesn't get much better than that. Don't believe me? I have a built bar every single day, and you can too, by going to built.com and using promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. James, is there anything before we get to free agent grades? We, we kind of wrapped up the Jonah Williams conversation quickly there that you wanted to mm-hmm. add as far as your expectations for the remainder of Bengals free agency. No, not really. You know, I, I think um, I think that's it, right? They're going to add a cornerback. Be shocked if they didn't. Uh, maybe they do look at a, another safety, but the fact that they brought in, brought Michael Thomas back, I think that does matter a little bit, and, and they may feel comfortable. He is a veteran going into the draft with him um, on the roster, and then the other one would be a, another interior defensive lineman. Of course, there's a needed edge. Would they be uh, against that? No, but now we're talking about multiple positions and, and everything like that. So we'll see. But th- those are the, the two spots that I'm pretty certain that they'll take a hard look at as cornerback and uh, interior defensive line, which uh, obviously they addressed a little bit in free agency with their own guys and BJ Hill and, and Eli Apple. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they look for more. I do wonder if they would kick the tires at all. I'm one of these veteran edge guys out there on a one-year deal. Well. There's like a, a Jerry lot of Hughes or a Melvin yeah. Ingram or Jade, not Clowney, probably. Justin not Houston. Clowney. JPP. Houston. J- I know. Pierre Paul coming off a down year but was really good a couple years ago. Tom Brady's doing his recruiting. It, that's the thing is those guys, yeah, they might not have the juice they once had, but can they be your your third <laughs> you know, guy that supplements – what, what uh, Hubbard gives you at times, because there were times last year where Hubbard wasn't bringing it and didn't give you the juice that you were hoping for uh, as far as a, a pass rush standpoint. And so, yeah, addressing that. And then if you sign one of those guys, it doesn't mean you can't draft one either. And so, uh, and I, I get it, Bengals fans, Joseph Osai is coming back. He'll be a part of it too. I promise. I get it. Yeah. The, the only reason I bring it up is because, you know, we're getting pretty late into free agency Later this week, anyway. I mean, we're doing grades today, which means we think the Bengals are mostly done. But some of these veterans are still out there. And some team with a little more space might go for it. But the Bengals are, in a way, going all in in their own kind of way. Not the way that other teams do with the max restructures and pushing money down the road and all this stuff. But in their own way. They're doing it. And looking back at our own free agency plans, James, we had a lot of similarities. We both wanted BJ Hill back. They brought BJ Hill back. We Mm -hmm. both wanted them to sign a center, a guard, a tackle, a tight end, a corner, Mm -hmm. and another interior defensive lineman. And they, they brought back Eli Apple. We haven't seen that external corner deal come together yet. So Steven Nelson, your guy from your plan still out there. Darius Williams signed a, uh, I believe, $11 million deal with Jacksonville per Mm -hmm. year. And so they've done most of those things. They've done them with different names than than you or I had on our respective lists. In fact, the only guy on either of our lists that have signed with the Bengals was was B.J. Hill. But as we look through these I had Eli Apple. Eli Apple. Oh, you did. As, As one of your fringe guys, if they had the money. And I had Josh Tupo. So we both had 
a couple of guys go. in that category. But look at me. I try to one up you and then you do that. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> if, if we're counting those those fringe guys. Josh Tupo. I didn't even know he counted on free agency. You're such a Tupo fan. Go ahead. $1.4 million cap hit for Josh Tupo in year one. Anyway, as we look at these moves, James, yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to give this is one of those things where the, the collective grade is going to be better than any of the individual grades for me. So let's start with retaining BJ Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they got BJ Hill back at roughly 10 million per year or exactly 10 million per year, $15 million in year one cash flow for him. So he gets a big payday right away for signing an 8.3 uh, repeating 8.3333333 million dollar cap hit for BJ Hill in year one. What's your grade? B plus, you know, because it's great to bring him back and he seems like he's an ascending player. It's probably a little bit more than they wanted to spend, but you had to get it done, especially with Larry Ogunjobi at the time out of town and, you know, well on his way to being a a 40 plus million dollar uh, player over three seasons. So I I like it. I'm glad they brought him back. Hopefully he can live up to the contract. Yeah, I, I would be in the B plus range as well. I think that keeping him was important. I think that he is, you know, he'll be 26 this year, so you're getting him through his prime. It was a it was a three year deal, right? For BJ mm-hmm. Hill, three years, three 30, thirty million. Yeah. Uh, so so you're getting him through his prime, which I think is great for a position that can fall off pretty quickly, and and that often happens around thirty, which is is part of the reason the Bengals may be a little bit. Aegis is, is one of those positions and the defensive tackle market generally was really thin this year. There, there weren't a ton of guys out there that were really exciting. There weren't a ton of guys that I think were better than BJ Hill that were available on the open market. So I think that B B plus is, is where I am here in, in that kind of fringe range. I think he's a really solid player that adds something to the team. And I think it was important to get that done because if it didn't, there was going to be a downgrade. So at least they prevented themselves from getting worse in the role that BJ Hill filled for the team. And as we've discussed, there's no three tech, no true one gap three tech on the team right now. BJ Hill can do it. He's position versatile, but I I think that they will still benefit from adding a more explosive type of player in more of the Larry Ogunjobi role there. Where do you want to go next? Well, I, I mean, I, I say we go to – we're not counting Jesse Bates. He's on the tag, I don't think, right? You don't want to do that. I mean, we should count. Uh, so We, we let's could the, talk about it. I mean, tag versus the extension, how do you feel about that distinction? There's still obviously a possibility that the extension happens, but, I mean, neither right. of us are terribly optimistic that an extension happens, right? Yeah, I'm going to give it – I'm going to give the, the team an A, and I'm going to give Jesse Bates' his agent an F because it doesn't feel like – that he and, and maybe I'm dead wrong, but the dude David Mol, uh, I always get his name wrong, Molagetta, uh, and I got it right that time. David Molagetta just negotiated that deal for Deshaun Watson, and it's gonna have a ripple effect across the league. But you go to his Instagram, and it, it, he's just showboating the fact that he got this deal for Watson, and it's fine. It means he's awesome at his job. I get it, but guess what? The Bengals are never going to do. I promise you. They're never going to make Jesse Bates the highest paid safety in the league. And that's what his agent wants. So his agent can then brag about making Jesse Bates the highest paid safety in the league. So I'm about as as down on them being able to get a long-term deal done with Bates as I've been because of that. And I hope 
that they can find middle ground. Because if the idea is getting Jesse Bates 70% guaranteed money over four years or 80% or some crazy number, it's just not going to happen here. I promise it, it will not get done. So, um, no, I don't blame the Bengals for tagging him. And if he plays really well, like they expect him to, then they're going to tag him again next year. And I think that we could see a safety get drafted without that long-term extension done with Von Bell going into the last year of his deal. They could be looking again. We were surprised when they drafted Jesse Bates. I was at least surprised when they drafted Jesse Bates when they had George Iloka and Sean Williams still on the roster. And so we could see something similar play out if there's a guy that they like. And so, you know, I, I don't love that they had to tag him. I don't love the way this has gone. I love that he's going to be back for the Bengals next year in what should be a, a run it back year for this defense, looking again to capitalize and, and create turnovers. Would like to see a little more pass rush juice on the defense on the whole, but Jesse Bates is still an important part of the defense. And getting him back with Von Bell is a really good safety tandem. Would have liked to see it get done, though, James. Uh, yeah. I think and, your interpretation of it is is pretty generous to the team, uh, but you're right. There's there's probably some middle ground between the F and the A, so I'm going to give it a, a C plus for for keeping Jesse Bates, but deducting some points for not getting the long term deal done. Well, yeah, but I, I just to me it doesn't feel again yeah. I, it doesn't feel realistic now you're right could we rip the team about how they structure all of their deals and could they have fit in another player or two if they had you know if they're able to backload do all this and they're creative and if they're willing to give more guaranteed money do are they able to land guys that they aren't i get all that but if bates wants to be in cincinnati and the bengals want bates then you know hopefully it gets done and it's it just i'm not optimistic about it right now but yeah i mean do they have their flaws? Absolutely. I'm not, I, the Bengals certainly aren't perfect. But in this specific situation, I think the reason a deal isn't done uh, specifically is because it's not that the Bengals aren't trying. It's just that, man, it, it's it's pretty simple. It, what the the agenda feels like, which I get, man. If I was amazing at my job, I'd want to brag too every second and be like, man, I, you know, but it, it's what do you mean, one if? of those things. Yeah, but you, you, get, you get my point. So I, I'm not trying to rip him, but. I'm just saying I think it's somewhere in the middle. It's probably it's probably a lot on his agent. It's probably somewhat on the Bengals. I'm just not giving the Bengals an, a full A, right? That That's sure. all it is for me. Is well, If the alternative is letting him get away, you know. Yeah, so so it's, it's a better than passing grade. I'm just, I'm just not saying the team did perfectly here. Anyway, coming up next, we'll finish up our free agency grades. We've got to get to some external guys, James. We've only talked about a couple guys the Bengals kept, so we'll wrap up the show there. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about external guys. And you know what else I can't wait for? Every single morning, I get my athletic greens. I started taking athletic greens because I got to be honest, I'm not a huge vegetable guy. I like being healthy. I like working out and staying fit and doing all of those things. But I'm not getting my normal vegetables, which means not the normal amount of vitamins, which means not it being as healthy as I want to be. And athletic greens can help you get there. First off, and I talk about this all the time, lifestyle friendly. So whether you're on the paleo diet, you're vegan, you're dairy-free, you're gluten-free, it doesn't matter. One scoop of Athletic Greens and 8 to 10 ounces of water, boom, fits any diet. You can do this daily. It's great to do it in the morning. It'll help your sleep quality. It's going to help your alertness. It's going to help your digestion, everything, and get you all those vitamins and nutrients that you need. And it's affordable, and you just you got to try it because they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. 
So it's not just me giving them a five-star review, 7,000 plus. That's almost locked on Bengals YouTube numbers, baby. So check them out right now. And Athletic Greens is going to give you a year's supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs to take you uh, where take wherever you want with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I've got my Athletic Greens bottle right here. I drank mine today. I did too. I drank mine right before the show. Feeling that vitamin surge powering you through Locked On Bengals today or what? Yeah, I think that's why I might have given the Bengals an A. I was feeling generous. You're right, but uh, or 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 I just really wanted to go after Jesse Bates' agent, who is yeah, just no, doing I his job. It. But at the same time, come on, my man. I, I totally get where you're coming from. I just uh, I think there's a middle ground, as that's as right. I often do, as yeah. as our listeners probably know. Let's go back to day one of the tampering period, James Alex yep. Kappa, Ted Karras, the Bengals' interior free agency package acquisitions for garden center. What do you think? I love it. And I love it because I think cap is a, um, ascending. I think he, they're going to be paying for his best years and it, that, that part of it matters a lot. So I like the signing a lot. It wasn't crazy money and the Bengals showed they were willing to pay a guard, which does matter to me. It just does. Maybe they didn't get the best guard. That's fine. But there's also a scenario where you look back a year, two years from now, and it's like, man, uh, you know, Scherf got injured a bunch. Kappa was ascending. He's been a one-time pro bowler now. They, they got the guy that they should have gotten and, and targeted. So uh, four years, $35 million, could be up to 39 with pro bowl incentives. I like it a lot. I'll give that an A-. minus. Um, Ted Karras, talk about great value. I mean, this guy can play three positions. And so if you get a Linderbaum in the draft or you get one of these mid-round centers in the draft and we're going to pivot and there are guys in the middle of the, the first or in the middle of the draft that could be day one centers for some of these teams, man, I, I love that they have versatility uh, in Karras. Three years, 18 million, like the contract as well. He's not as good to me, like as, as ascending as Kappa potentially is, but but I still really like the deal. Uh, B plus. And part of that in the grades are almost on a curve a bit because who you have at quarterback and it doesn't matter again i've said this a couple of times i really don't care about the contracts as much you have to protect nine and get that done and they were able to do that in the first couple of hours of the legal tampering period yeah i mean it was very exciting when they were announced right on on day <laughs> one really quick and and the first move from adam schefter i, I mean i i'm gonna remember that moment i think for a long time is like i just gotten my here's the gift that i'm gonna use for free agency opening. I just picked the GIF out and tweeted it. And then I, I my first timeline refresh, Adam Schefter. Oh, okay. Who, who's made the five second move? Oh, it's the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Oh, James, we better, we better get together and record right then. Yep. Yeah. That was, that was wild. Um, but 
I'm, I'm a little bit lower on the moves than you. I still like them. I think that they make the team better. I think that the value isn't quite, uh, isn't exactly what I would call great on Karras's deal. They paid a little bit more than I think he would have gotten from some other teams, but I like the player. And, and to your point, James, the, the contract less important to me. I think that these contracts will look totally fine in two, three years, the way that I expect the cap to go. So those are very minor issues that I have with these deals. I just, you know, at center, it's fine. Karis, like probably B, B minus B. I think that he's a little bit better than than Trey Hopkins or maybe more than a little bit better than Trey Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Very smart player, as, as Mike mentioned yesterday. I was looking for a little bit more athleticism on the interior, although a lot of the guys that were free agents at the position don't really offer that, and J.C. Treader became available much later. So they had to get a move done. Uh, you know, Bradley Bozeman, the market did not play out there. Similar athleticism concerns. Fine with Karras over Bozeman. Jensen obviously never made it to the market. So there's not really like a significantly better option available, especially when they got the deal done. So probably a solid B. Uh, same for Kappa for me. Solid B. This is a player that I think should improve the position. Two years younger than Karras in terms of your on the on the upswing analysis mm-hmm. there. So Certainly a little bit more room for growth at 27 versus 29, but a guy like Austin Corbett, very similar deal. I like the scheme fit a little bit more. I like the athleticism a little bit more. So, you know, that, that is probably the difference. So maybe B plus for, for a guy like, like Alex Kappa, who I think just that, that from center to right tackle. Now we'll talk about Lyle Collins. I feel pretty good about the offensive line, but again, for me, I, I said this at the top of it, a lot of people are probably mad at me for not giving these moves A's. The the overall grade for me is greater than the sum of its parts, which is much sure. the same way that the Bengals defense overperformed last year. So Lyle Collins, I think everybody knows I'm giving this an A+. I love Lyle Collins. I love the fit. I, I don't know what the contract is yet, but if he's healthy, this is a home run. Mm. And they wouldn't have signed him if he was right. I mean, I you know they they poked and prodded him and and went back and forth with his agent. And he was in Cincinnati for a hell of a long, longer than you were when you were here for our meetup. I mean, this dude it seemed like he's in Cincinnati, you know, obviously all weekend. And so um, yeah, he uh, it, it is. And here's why it's an A plus because there are concerns. He's clearly the best right tackle that was close to hitting the market and it ultimately hit the market. And so that's why people were clamoring for him. That's why the Patriots were in on him and the Broncos and the Panthers, according to, to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Um, and uh, the fact that the Bengals were able to land him, it's huge. It's huge. And so A-plus for him. And, uh, you, you know, you could look up. And again, I mean this, especially if you're high on Jonah Williams, like you said earlier in the show, which I get. I'm not knocking Jonah. I like his how he carries himself. I think he works really hard, and you like to bet on guys like that, especially first-round picks. There's a scenario. Now it's the best-case scenario where all this plays out well, where you look up a year from now, and Jonah Williams has a Pro Bowl season. Alex Kappa is playing at that level, and, and Lyle Collins is the same. And that's crazy to think about. Because there's never there hasn't been and since since 2015, and even then, I think it would have been Whitworth and Zeitler. I guess you could have put Bowling in that as well, where you're like, man, they have three just dudes, and there's a chance. Not saying it's perfect, 
But there's a chance where we look up a year from now and we're saying that about the Bengals' offensive line. And again, Karras, and, and that's leaving out whoever they play at left guard because there probably is going to be at least some upside there if we're talking about best-case scenarios. Yeah, best-case scenarios for sure. I, I do think that the likely-case scenario, assuming Lyle Collins stays healthy, I'm sure he's healthy currently, assuming he stays healthy, mm-hmm. uh, is that the tackles play really well and the interior plays well. Uh, I, I'm not quite as bullish on Kappa, I think, as you are. I think he's a very clear upgrade. I think he's a solid player. I'm not sure that I necessarily see a tremendous amount of upside for him, but you know, we'll have to see how he shows up, you know, because he's remade his body in the NFL. And if he continues on that trajectory, then that's where the upside comes from, I think. But a 27, uh, maybe a little bit, but he's probably largely what he is at this point. I think he's better than Corbett. And I know my my free agent tiers might not even reflect that, but I was always kind of leery of Corbett in the back of my head because of my, his days in Cleveland. And I get sure. you can develop and all of that stuff, but I was kind of like, uh, and I get fit and stuff. But honestly, it comes down to can can you protect nine? Yep. And and, and if if they can just be maulers, they and drop back. Maybe the Bengals drop back fifty times and air it out, and it's Denver Peyton Manning where they're just throwing that thing all over the damn field. Or or People rookie are, Joe Burrow, except with an offensive line. Yeah, yeah. There you go. They, they right. dropped back That's fifty right. times. They yeah. they did. You're right. They did, and he was just taking hits and whatever. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's what this offensive line is going to be. And, and they'll run to the boundaries and, you know, they'll run some. But I think Joe Mixon, is, is it's going to be more of an efficient thing, like you mentioned on Wednesday, Tuesday, on Tuesday's show, uh, more so than it is suddenly he looks up and gets 30 carries. I think old school football footballers are going to be upset at the way the Bengals run this offense. Maybe. We'll see. Spread it out. I, I could definitely out, see more gun at the very least, as we talked about with Sands yesterday, just in terms of how the guys fit and what the Bengals want to do on offense. Five last line. guy we got to hit quick, James, the last external guy, Hayden Hurst. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm giving this one a, a B as well. I, I don't know who would have been an A at the tight end position. Gronk, maybe, but he's going back to to play with his buddy, his buddy Tommy down yep. in Tampa. I know. I know it. Uh, yeah, you know, B, B plus. I, I think that he replaces the passing game really well. I think that if they want to go more gun, more spread, he fits that. I don't think he replaces the versatility that they have with CJ Uzama. I think that there's going to be a little bit more of a run pass split between him and uh, Drew Sample than between Uzama and Drew Sample. But that aside, I think he's a solid player who has a lot of talent and, and can contribute at a high level. So I'm not mad at the move. I think that he contributes. I just think there's a little bit of loss of versatility at that spot. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And I agree. I was thinking, you know, the biggest L in free agency. And to me, it might be that, you know, everyone said the Ryan Jensen thing, but I think there's a scenario where they lose Ryan Jensen anyway, but Brady coming back and canceling the idea of Gronk, everyone was in on CJ Uzama and yet both of our plans didn't include CJ Uzama. I think we both had an inkling that that might not be the case, right? That he might go elsewhere. And he obviously did. So um, you know, as far as Hurst being a backup plan, I wish they would have gotten Conklin. I guess the Jets are going to try to recreate the Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski Patriots with guys that aren't nearly as talented because I, I would have loved Conklin in this offense. Uh, that being said, I think Hurst is a, an ideal consolation prize because there isn't a long-term commitment. One-year deal. 
and uh, it's not going to prevent you from drafting one of these uh, hopefully Uber athletes as the pro days come along in, in the, at the tight end spot in the middle rounds. And so, um, yeah, I, I would give Hurst uh, probably a B minus. Wasn't their first choice. I know he's fired up to be here. People are fired up for him because he was in the 25th pick. And I get it. Environment matters. But sometimes you just got to be better. <laughs> and uh, and, and I, I don't think he was that in Baltimore. And we'll see. Maybe he is better. Maybe he goes for 800 yards and just goes off this year. Um, but overall, when you take the you know, what they were in and the circumstances they were in and who was available, clearly they weren't in on Gerald Everett. Zach Taylor must not like him. Uh, so Hayden Hurst, it, it makes sense. So I'll give it a B minus, probably C plus in that range. Yeah, I think that that's fair as well. Eli Apple, the other significant guy they brought back, that to me is a C. Josh Tupo back A+, plus, of course. Clark Harris back A+, plus, of course. The Mike Thomases F. are back. Brandon Allen is back. Trenton Irwin is back. But on the whole, James, I would give this free agency period an A-, minus. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that there were some potential better fits out there, some potential slightly better you know, marginal differences. It's not quite a complete a for me, but the offensive line revamp is an a for me. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's still some pieces I would like to see elsewhere that would bring it up, but that's the biggest part that the most heavily weighted part is the offensive line and bringing Lyle Collins in as the, as the cherry on top or the main course or whatever food analogy we want to use really mm-hmm. makes it go from, you know, a minus B plus to, or, or even C because there's only two new starters at that point to a solid, solid A. Yeah, I, I get it. He certainly elevates everything, elevates the potential of the offensive line, the potential of the offense. Everything just got so much sweeter when they were able to get that Lyle Collins deal done. And so now you look at it and they bring back most of the guys they wanted to bring back, honestly. And I think they're going to add another piece or two. But given what they've done so far, I, I think that I can give them a solid A. I, I really do because the key to all of this from Zach Taylor and allowing him to actually call normal plays instead of having to worry about an offensive line to getting the most out of Joe Burrow and just being sick of watching him limp around playing through pain. I'm sick of it. I don't want to see him grimace this year. And they got guys that are used to playing with Tom Brady. And guess what? Tom Brady would bite Ted Karras's head off. I know Karras is bigger. He would bite his head off literally if he let him get hit a ton. Same thing for Alex Kappa. So these guys, uh, you know, they know um, what that's like. And now they have a quarterback in Joe who's a little bit more mobile. And by a little, I mean a lot more mobile than Tom Brady. So um, it, it should bode well and, and it should work. So I'm going to give them an A because that's where it came from. I didn't care about anything else. I didn't care about BJ Hill. I didn't care about Eli Apple, Crab Apple. Um, it doesn't matter. I, it was, can you protect number nine? And I think they came a long way towards doing that. It would be an A plus if they added a proven center slash left guard, and it could still get to an A plus if, if they did that. I don't feel like that's in the, the, the cards for the Bengals. I think they're done as far as um, starting level free agent linemen, maybe Quentin Spain or someone of that level. But that to me is more of a yeah, this is our insurance policy if Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith don't emerge. So even with that said, I think it's an A because they got three guys in their prime that can help right now. What what if Carlton Davis or JC Jackson were part of it? That also brings it up. It's not only offense, is is all my point is. I, I agree with you though. 
it's mostly for me offensive line. I'm just saying it's not for me personally. This is where we differ. It's not entirely the offensive line for me. Sure. Well, well, I mean, if they want to sign Stefan Gilmore right now, I can give them three A plus, you know, A plus plus plus. Yeah, there you go. If you want, um, if they do that, I mean, I will because he's a freak. And yeah. now, what, what, which position group is stronger? Let's battle it out. Like I can't wait for camp because that'd be fun, right? So, um, so if they make another it. move. We can revisit the final yeah, grade. We will. A minus A. If it's a uh, significant, if it's a significant grade, but you can get higher than an A plus on Locked On Bengals. Sure. So you definitely can. There, there are multiple pluses. You can hit it so far out of the damn park that uh, it doesn't touch the Ohio River. It just goes from Great American Ballpark to Northern Kentucky. Of course, the Reds not going to have that problem. You know why? Because well, they're selling the whole damn team, and I might start at second base this year along with hosting Locked On Bengals. So. That's uh, that's where we're at on the uh, the other professional team in Cincinnati. A little bit of a pay raise there. We'll dive into some draft action here. <laughs> I don't know if the Reds are paying me. It might not be. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, ten thousand bucks maybe to play second base. Start starting second baseman, ten thousand. You think it's a little Bob tight? Can... They may. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't go in on the Reds here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. You can check out Lockdown Reds for that with the fabulous Jeff Carr. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We will have some draft content in the near future. We may have a mailbag coming back. Lyle Collins expected to introduce himself to the Bengals media in the near future as well. So we'll dive into all of that and more right here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The Cincinnati Bengals every day. Thanks for listening. Who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.